Britain then and now. Thirty years. 1990-2020. Put the message in the box. Put the box into the car. Drive the car around the world. Until you get hurt. Hello everybody, welcome to Box 39. This is the treasure chest of magazine and music and the funny side of life and it's rooted in our community here on 106.6 FM. My name is Bill Lawrence, I'm here in the studio at Calm Radio and I'm joined right in front of me sitting there wearing a a blue t-shirt and a rather faded green top is Mr Ian Tallentire. Blue and green should never be seen. Evening folks! Hello, Ian. And uh, you might be right there. I've always considered you to be a bit of a fashion icon of Wivenhoe, really. Now, sitting to my left, I'm joined by uh, a man whose credit card collection is unrivaled in North East Essex, especially as uh, I've got most of them and I look after them for him. So that's Mike Harwood. Hello, Mike. Yes, uh, he's left me one, fortunately. I can still buy the drinks uh, later. Well, uh, one is uh, enough. Excellent, Mike. Good evening, all. Good evening, all. Good to be here. And uh, we're also going to be joined by Adrian Cohen. Now, Adrian, as you know, has produced many shows. He's a regular contributor and normally can be found uh, in that um, music library down on the third floor. But tonight he's live by a satellite link, uh, which we've got, uh, and that's been set up very kindly at the cricket ground for us. And uh, throughout the show he'll be joining us from Eastern Java in Southeast Asia, which is just miles away. It is. And this week, we're going to talk about Britain then, that's back in the 1990s, and Britain now, year 2020. Now, what's the time gap there? Oh, yeah, 30 years. And the idea to do this has come from Adrian out there in East Java. That's right. And Adrian moved abroad in 1990 and never came back. Even now, in 2020, his view of Britain is frozen in time as if 1990 was trapped in some resin that had exuded by a, a, a tree three... Uh, yeah, a tree three. A three tree decades ago. But how, it's not meant to be a tongue twister, Mike. How things have changed. How they have changed, Mike. It's the way it was written down, I think. Now, in 1990, I was uh, living in Norwich. I was teaching, just got married, no kids. I was uh, not wearing hair pieces. I was no. also married, and I was living in Colchester. Well, I was pushing my uh, first uh, child, my daughter, who was uh, just over one year old, in a pram up the high street to uh, get her to sleep around midnight. And a man on the other side of the road in the dark said, uh, it warms my heart to see you granddads out this, this late. Pushing <laughs> your children. I shouted across, Dad, 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 actually. You've always looked mature, Mike. Now, Adrian moved abroad about 30 years ago, 1990, and here's his chance, really, to explain exactly why he left and, and why he never returned. Uh, and, and all those things that drove him out, which he felt, you know, it was time to leave because of these things. So it's going to be really interesting. We're going to, we're going to ask him about these one by one, and uh, we'll run through his list, and uh, we'll see what we do. So let's open Box 39 once more. It's Box 39. Come on, Mike. Oh, here we are. We have Adrian on a satellite link. Just took me a moment there to uh, get it in. It's coming through now. Adrian. Uh, Can you hear us, us, Adrian? Let's try again. (laughs) Oh, he's there. Hello? Hello? Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. Are you hearing me? I'm I'm going to go ahead anyway. Yeah, look, uh, it's now been 30 years since I decided to quit Britain and I moved here to the the rainforest in West Papua in the eastern part of Indonesia and I've paid absolutely no attention whatsoever to the goings-on back in Britain in the last 30 years. So just let me give you some of the reasons why in 1990 I decided I'd had enough and I wanted... I simply wanted to take a look to see if there was anything better. I've enjoyed the last 30 years. 
and I've got no idea what's been going on in Britain. January 1990, police in Johannesburg broke up a demonstration against a cricket match being played by rebel English cricketers, led by Mike Gatting. Lord Justice Taylor published his report on the Hillsborough disaster, which claimed the lives of 95 Liverpool fans the previous year. He recommended that all top division stadiums become all-seater. February 1990, the UK and Argentina restored diplomatic relations after eight years. Diplomatic ties were broken off in response to Argentina's invasion of the Falkland Islands in 1982. March 1990, 200,000 protesters were involved in the poll tax riots in London in the week preceding the official introduction of the community charge. satellite thing is very exciting and, 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 and we had a few problems there but we actually have sent Mike he has gone down to Wivenhoe and I believe he's climbed right up the pole now yeah. and he's, he's trying to he's trying to tie uh, Mike have you uh, can you hear us Oh, I can. I'm just, just a bit concerned there's no um, safety uh, blanket down there. Well, uh, whatever you do, don't fall on your credit card, Mike. <laughs> okay, Ask Gang Exit are in the studio. Come on, Ask Gang Exit. Hit it. <laughs> Well, this is Ausgang Exit, our house band, and uh, they're very exciting. They're in the corner, and this is their song, Judge James Pickles, Terms and Conditions Apply. I'm loving that stripped-down sound to Ausgang Exit these days. We're, this is Box 39. We're, uh, we're having a laugh tonight because we're dealing with technology, I think slightly beyond our ability, which is a satellite link that we actually have live to Indonesia. And uh, we'll be trying to speak to Adrian on that very soon. But just picking up a text we got from a listener uh, from Mango Dread. Uh, always like to hear from Mango in Shrubend. He tells in 1990 he was working as a waiter in a cocktail bar. Isn't that, that sounds like a song? That much is true. Uh, but it was in Colchester High Street and it was called Hollywoods and it burned to the ground on Christmas Day 1992, which is a bit before my time. But Most unfortunate. And uh, another text we got from Ron and Reg, uh, regular listeners. They're from Brightlingsea. They've texted saying 1990 was the year they moved to Brightlingsea after a rather long stretch somewhere else. <laughs> and this week we're going to talk about Britain then and Britain now. Now in 2020 and then 1990, some 30 years later. So let's get straight back on that technological link to Adrian. Well, I'll tell you something, you know, you remember back in 1990 and the years leading up to that, I, I was somebody who liked to go to the pub. 
Yes, indeed. And St Albans had the most pubs per square kilometre, apart from uh, lots of other cities that claimed exactly the same thing. And they were all getting corporatized or, or gentrified. And they all seemed to be the same. And, and there were less and less little pubs with character. So, I don't know, it was difficult to get a pie or, or, or a pasty. And, and I just thought, ah, I'll go and... Uh, I'll, I'll just go and live in the rainforest in, in West Papua. Why not? Well, Adrian, unfortunately it hasn't uh, got much better, the situation, because more than a quarter of uh, England, England's pubs have uh, closed since the turn of the millennium. Campaign groups called it uh, outrageous, and uh, mainly small independent pubs and large commercial chains have grown in number. Um, Colchester, uh, 35 pubs have been lost since 2001. Market Tavern, when the market was going. One of my favourites, the Cups, Trinity Street, and more recently, the Norfolk. Uh, the good news is that there has been an explosion of um, real owls. I'd agree uh, with that, Mike. That yeah. is very good news. And I like to call uh, real owl uh, breweries uh, draft includers rather than draft <laughs> excluders. I, because uh, they <laughs> just... I'm going to stop you there, Mike, because I want to know where you found all this money in the 1990s to be spending in pubs around Colchester. <laughs> Interest rates were 17 and a half percent. I think you know. I, I think pubs have evolved as well. Yeah. I think uh, I think the evolution of pubs has always gone on. I think pubs evolve very quickly just because the sort of people that go in there. It's a it's a living sort of phenomenon. Yeah. Well, I think we I think you're right. We went through corporate, then we went through gastro pub, and now we're coming out with more individual. Uh, type establishments, great yeah. pubs like the Oddy, yeah. uh, the Old New Inn, the Ale House. Yeah. I mean, just fantastic. And well, the, yeah, just very right. quickly, the uh, local, uh, um, a very positive uh, example of um, not being uh, crushed by the corporates is um, their very own Black Boy, uh, and that was saved by a consortium of uh, individuals putting so much money in. And it's doing very well indeed. And what about the Three Wise Monkeys and a brewery coming there soon? That's another thing. And I I think we could say to Adrian, uh, Adrian, you know, pubs have got better. We've decided they've got better. And we've seen off Sky TV in pubs. So what do you think about um, TV and music? Adrian, can you hear us? What about TV and music? Well, I mean, I I don't know. I took a look at what was on the TV and what was in the charts, you know, music, uh, the end of the 80s. I think a very, very disappointing period. And I couldn't couldn't see where it was going to go after that. And TV as well. I mean, there was Vic Reeves' Big Night Out. I did enjoy that. But apart from that, it was a bit of a wasteland. I don't know what's happened in the meantime. But it's one of the things that drove me away 30 years ago. In all honesty, Adrian, I don't think a lot's changed. I mean, probably this is the first time we're going to hear the word streaming in a conversation relating to the change between yeah. and now. I mean, I can relive my youth continually. It's the consumption of TV that's changed, isn't it? It is, absolutely. I've got news. For, I've, I can watch. I've got news for you. I can watch Red Dwarf, Keeping Up Appearances. I can see Leslie Ash before her lips grew in Men Behaving Badly. And I can watch Manchester's finest family, the Royals. But the real thing is nobody else will have watched what I've watched. And you can't have that conversation in the mornings. You know, go yeah, to work, everybody's yeah. watched one of four channels. That is history. I think television changed with The Sopranos. Do you remember them? The Sopranos changed television and, and moved it towards this filmic quality and, and moved towards box sets. It was the start of the move towards box sets, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I can remember when, um, not, when in Coronation 52... Uh, Things certainly moved Victoria, on. Victoria, that's Queen Victoria. That's right. about, right? Twelve people looking around a little uh, five-inch screen with a, a magnifying glass on the front. If you got on the side, you couldn't really see much, but we enjoyed it anyway. In those you, days. You're really making me feel I missed out, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll like, tell you what. Let's move on very quickly because we're going to come into more detail. Let's, try, Mike, just get that lead back up. Just hold it a bit higher. Stand on the chair. Hold it a bit higher. And uh, oh. Adrian, um, what do you think about fo- what about things like football and cricket, Adrian? What's happened to them? Well, of course, 1990 in terms of England football and English football and England cricket was uh, was a complete disappointment, really. I mean, England cricket, perennial losers. And then we lost the uh, semi-final penalty shootout to West Germany in the World Cup. I just I just took flight 
I thought, 1990, you're the last year that I'm going to spend in this country. And I've been gone ever since. I don't know how things have changed. What do you reckon? Well, I agree. Uh, 1990 was a low point for English football. Um, in fact, in the 1990s, four managers followed uh, Bobby Robson. And our record wasn't great in the 90s. UEFA, uh, Euro, no wins. Uh, 1994 World Cup failed to qualify. Yeah. European Cup 96 equaled best performance. Well, we no even got to the semi finals. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I think, Adrian, you would find coming back here, football is a, is, it's a, it's a very, very different game, is it? In terms of its management and its promotion and the money in it. Yeah, but what we haven't done actually is express the absolute low point of English football during that time, which was when we were involved in the fastest ever World Cup goal. The only problem was that San Marino scored it against us in eight seconds. (laughs) Eight seconds. Well, we had alternate head. We had the Icelandic humiliation. We had McLaren with his haircuts and his umbrellas. I mean... It was not a good time, was it? And we've seen cricket improve as well. The 1990s was quite bleak, wasn't it? I know Gooch came on and they professionalised it a bit. They got a bit fitter. We struggled for an old rounder after both of them left. Yeah, but we had one real problem with cricket, and his name was Ray Illingworth. Yes, he was. insisted He wouldn't let picking. Afton pick the team, would no, he? No, he wouldn't. You have a captain who's quite an intelligent bloke, writes some very good uh, prose in the old papers, not allowed to pick up his uh, thing. You persist with 40- and 30-year-old batsmen with no new blood coming through. What a farce. Well, I wonder Adrian left. Mike? On a positive note, we won the <laughs> one-day World Cup with a fantastic... Yes. It, was, it was called the uh, the most exciting uh, one-day ever. And we had, um, who was it, Ben Stokes in the last over. We needed 15. There was the ricochet off his bat for extra runs to four. Very controversial. Uh, we, we, we drew, but we had scored more... Uh, boundaries than New Zealand and therefore we got it and you wouldn't experience what I experienced I was in Bristol Harbour the shouting of joy and screaming it was England's final they won it, they won it and uh, some stranger came up to me and gave me a hug and it wasn't me on that occasion Mike that's true so Adrian there we are, that's what we think Um, and we're going to hand back to you because I know you've got a little bit of music for us to play and we'll come back to you later April 1990, Aldi, a German discount food supermarket chain, opened its first store in Britain, in Stetchford, Birmingham. Stephen Hendry, 21 years old, became the youngest ever world snooker champion. May 1990, British Agriculture Minister John Gummer fed a hamburger to his five-year-old daughter to counter rumours about the spread of bovine spongiform encephalopathy and its transmission to humans. Bobby Robson announced that he would not be renewing his contract as manager of the England national football team after the World Cup in Italy that summer. June 1990. The rump of the Social Democratic Party was wound up two years after a splinter group refused to join in the merger with the Liberal Democrats.
You're listening to Out of Box 39 on Colne Radio 106.6 FM. Listening to our house band live here in Colm Radio Towers, Ausgang Exit with Nigel Will Keep Driving Forever. sound. They're so strong, aren't they? And actually, one of our listeners are, are texting, and this is Paula. <coughs> Excuse me. And Paula's texting. She says, what are Ausgang Exit really like? Well, <laughs> that's a I'd question, su- isn't it? I'd sum it up with the phrase, a nice bunch of lads. Yeah, I mean, there's essentially, Ausgang Exit are, I think we could say, it's Henry and Brenda who really are the driving forces behind, and the rest are, are pretty much on a rotation basis and, and hired and fired depending on contracts and fees, aren't they? Yeah, it's all about profit. Yeah, and, and they bust in. I don't really recognise many of them, do you? No, they seem to change with alarming regularity. Yeah, the bloke over there on the clarinet, I looks saw, a bit shifty. I sort of recognise him, but it's Henry and Brenda, uh, Paula, really, um, and 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 uh, they, you know, Ausgang exit. I suppose is is a bit like a squad rotation in in football. Think of them like that. Um, and and Henry and Brenda, very good. They they've always risen to the challenges of the North Norfolk Golf Club Tour circuit with Ausgang Exit. I'd say they don't take any prisoners. A high burnout rate because of the sort of thing they do. But um, you know that's really that's really all you need to know. Anyway, this week we're going to talk about Britain then and now, and uh, and, and with Adrian. And so. Um, I think we're going to try and get um, we're going to try and get the link back with them. So, um, Adrian, uh, hopefully you can hear us. Um, tell us about 1990s. Why he left? Tell us about um, housing. Well, I live down in the southeast, uh, so you know, and I was a teacher, so housing was a real problem. I don't know what we were supposed to do. What what did the powers that be think that teachers would do for housing? Uh, a mortgage. Uh, there was a one-bedroom flat in the town where I lived. That'd be about right for me, a, a teacher starting out. It's 125,000 pounds, and I was earning, I was taking home 9,000 pounds at the time. So the whole idea of having to get a mortgage and you'd be in debt for your whole life, I, I just, I just ran away from it. To be quite honest, 1990, and I've been 30 years over the fence and running. Sorry. I don't think a lot's changed back in the day. 17.5% interest rates, as I said earlier. Unrealistic value of property. Uh, but at least you could get a big multiple you of, can, you of could. your salary, couldn't you? You could get like five, six times your salary. You just lied to people and they gave you a shed load of money. And then your house got repossessed. It was great. Whereas I think now, <laughs> whereas now, less multiples. You need a whacking great deposit, 15 20%. But guess what? The houses are still unaffordable. Yeah. What's changed? Right. But uh, it's all done to technology as well. That's a big change you missed, Adrian. It's call centres to do the work, uh, online to choose your house, and even you sign things online now. You don't actually even go to your solicitor and sign it. Haven't you got a pen? It's all DocuSign, isn't it, is the thing is now. It? Yeah. Is that a thing? It's a thing. I, I just must, signed I one be, recently. I must be really <laughs> old-fashioned. I did sign one the other day. <laughs> anyway, Adrian, um, I asked you to talk about something I know in 1990 was quite uh, political. So, Adrian, tell us what happened all that time ago with the poll tax. Yeah, then there was this poll tax thing. So rather than having to pay a tax on your assets, your the land that you owned, everybody had to pay the tax. And, and there was a threat of going to prison, and it didn't matter whether you owned anything or not. And I tried to avoid it. But then uh, I got a threatening letter saying that uh, I was going to be taken to St Albans Crown Court. Um, probably was going to get uh, prosecuted by Sherry Blair. Wouldn't have been surprised. Apparently that's what she was doing at the time. So that's another reason why I, I just um, I tunnelled under the fence, came out in the woods beyond, and I've never returned. Not since 1990. Oh, well, that's, uh, as you say, Adrian... Um 
the controversy was that uh, the onus uh, paying shifted from the worth of your of one's house to individuals and uh, many poor individuals um, couldn't pay and the slogan of the time was very much can't pay won't pay uh, leading to the poll tax riots of uh, the 31st of March 1990 was the most serious in yeah, Chicago Square t- incredible everyone remembers those 200,000 people yeah demonstrated against yeah. it 113 injured, 340 under. So a shocking film, wasn't there, of police horses and people running, uh, running underneath them. Unfortunately, or right. being dragged it's underneath. Very them. ugly, but it um, somehow there was a culture against the poll tax campaign and a uh, demonstration through Colchester. I think the uh, demonstrations all over the country led to so much pressure that um, and encouraged some people not to pay at all. 30 percent of former ratepayers refused to pay. Yorkshire police uh, wouldn't arrest people because there were too many uh, defaulters. And um, uh, Labour was against it uh, after the poll tax riots, and Conservative ministers wanted the abolition of um, Thatcher. Mr. Thatcher came under a leadership challenge from Heseltine and three others who said we should abolish it. And M- it, it pushed what, Mr. Thatcher to go. Sorry, my, what, what happened in Colchester on that poll tax? Well, well, was there any riots? Was there any marches? Not really right. We. we uh, there was a march up per North Hill and the march then wanted to go down the high street for a peaceful demonstration in the park uh, but the police cut the march off so it went through Debenhams um, uh, which was interesting through the, uh, the, the makeup, <laughs> makeup counters with all the banners and the chanting I want to start whistling the music and, to uh, uh, are you being served at this point <laughs> we find, just to summarise we, we went down the high street um, wanted to go into the park we were cut off again and um the mounted police came out and uh, got rather not not a riot, but it was there were some uh, disturbing moments. Uh, well, luckily, uh, I, I'm a, I'm a sort of a politically impartial being, but it does sound like that was quite a tough day. Oh, can I be really, really political? Well, it's your opinion, and not the opinion of Calm Radio nor this show. Well, I've got one thing to say about it: they really didn't think it through, did they? <laughs> Well, of course, you had Princess Eugenie, and that was Prince Andrew, who always struck me as being a bit of a, a, bit of a weird one, and his wife, what was her name? She had shocking red hair. They had a, a baby, and I just thought, enough is enough. You know, I've always been a bit of a Republican, to be quite honest, not a monarchist, and yet another baby, yet another mouth to feed. Poll tax, mortgage, and all these little royal babies. I, I, I just, I just... I took flight. 30 years ago, I was gone. I don't know how it's been in the meantime. They've not exactly had a good time, have they? Castles Mm. burning down, divorces, deaths, Um, legal uh, challenges. (laughs) Yes. Um, Dodgy choice of friends. Legal challenges, mate, (laughs) I would have said. And then you've got got people turning their cars over and uh, and a a mother-daughter combination who can't read their speedometers on the same section of the same road. I mean, are they as incapable of learning as we are? Do you know what's always fascinated me about the royals? Uh, It's always fascinated. Which of them actually are able to make royal jelly? (laughs) <laughs> Do you know, I'd never thought about that, Bill. But can I just say one thing? In in yeah. in a, a certain individual's defence, it must be pretty torrid and pretty awful having to meet weekly, or however often they do meet, with people that they really strongly dislike, have no positive opinion of, whether they be foreign heads of state, um, prime ministers, or or the heads of the Commonwealth. And you know, if you look back in on the heads of the Commonwealth, some of them were pretty dodgy. Well, uh, we love the royal family here. The Queen is fantastic. May she live forever. And when she is no longer living forever, which would never happen, uh, we love the royals. And we love the Republicans as well. Let's hope that they will live forever. And, of course, they will live forever. And uh, when they are replaced, which will never happen, uh, we say God bless the Queen and God bless everyone that's not the Queen. Yeah. 
July 1990, Trade and Industry Secretary Nicholas Ridley resigned following an interview in The Spectator in which he likened the European Union to Hitler's Germany. August 1990, Nigel Mansell, Britain's most successful racing driver of the previous 10 years, announced that he was to retire from Grand Prix races at the end of the 1990 season. The BBC began broadcasting on Radio 5, its first new station for 23 years. September 1990, the new Ford Escort and Orion went on sale, as did a new model from Nissan, the Primera, which replaced the Bluebird and was produced in Sunderland. Pegasus, a leading British travel operator, went bankrupt. Bring on the ecstasy! And the blues. Bring on my wedding day! And everybody's birthday! Blow up the abattoir! After 27 years in South African jails, Nelson Mandela is a free man. Taylor's mother arrived at the prison, hoping she could persuade him to surrender. May I thank the right honourable gentleman for his earlier comments. In reply to his later question, the answer is no. I mean, Argentina uh, are lucky to be here. I don't think there's any doubt about that. That would, that would be my opinion. The former dictator of Panama, General Noriega, has appeared in court in Miami on drug trafficking charges. Rioters have been fighting running battles with police in central London tonight. This was no ordinary hole that connected the two ends of an underwater tunnel linking Great Britain with the European mainland for the first time in more than 8,000 years. The calm of the Baghdad streets covers a distinct feeling of hostility here to Britain. The government says there's a conspiracy by London and Washington against Iraq. Cricket and Lancashire amassed the biggest county championship score this century, reaching 863. The Prince and Princess of Wales are tonight guests of the new Hungarian government in Budapest on the first official royal visit to a Warsaw Pact nation. More bands of sleet and snow are sweeping across Britain tonight after two days of Arctic weather that have brought much of the country to a standstill. In London here, it was the hottest day of the heatwave so far, with temperatures hitting 26 degrees Celsius. That's 79 Fahrenheit. That temperature was recorded at Heathrow at 3 o'clock this afternoon. I'm sorry. I've, uh, I'm announcing my retirement and uh, I'm looking forward to racing 100% to the end of the year. 329 days after the war fell, Germany has been reunited. A peaceful revolution in the heart of Europe. Berlin is once again Berlin. A night to party. The Chancellor John Major has said that curing inflation has been more difficult than the government imagined and he's given a gloomy assessment of the early reduction of interest rates. The 1990 Nobel Peace Prize has been awarded to the Soviet leader Mikhail Gorbachev. The Nobel Committee cited Mr. Gorbachev's role in slowing down the arms race and reconciling East and West. The ambulance unions are calling on the pu public to demonstrate support for their dispute by stopping work for 15 minutes at midday on January the 30th. On the 12th of November, 1990, British computer scientist Tim Berners-Lee published the first formal proposal for the World Wide Web. 
Well, that's a absolutely a, a wonderful tour through the 1990 news. And uh, in uh, response to that, I'm going to count in our Skang exit. Are you ready? Brenda, Henry, one, two, three, go. And as you can tell, Brenda features quite heavily on that one. And that song's called No More Marks and Spencers in Dudley or West Bromwich. So welcome to everyone. If you've not been with us uh, too long tonight, we are looking at uh, how life has changed in the 1990s when Adrian, producer on a show and a contributor on a show, uh, just disappeared off. He left this country, couldn't stand it. But we're coming back to him in a moment. Before that, uh, a text in from Dave, old favourite Dave in his burger van on the front lay-by at Burkholt Golf Course, who uh, we generally pop into on the way uh, back home after recording the show. And... Um, Dave says, very interesting, Ausgang Accent. Uh, what sort of contract are they on? Um, um, because he says he does manage, uh, he's managed bands in the past. Well, I have to say, Dave, I don't think they'd be interested in, 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 in moving to you because they, they work for Lord David Price and uh, he owns all the rights to Ausgang Exit recordings. He's got the songs, he's got the merch, he's got the music, he's everything. And, uh, and he also, uh, he, he, get, he buys them a little rehearsal space in the disused fish drying sheds here at Wivenhoe. I could listen to that all day, but we must get back. Adrian, um, I hope you're listening. We've once again stemmed Mike. There's only a bit of wire now on that yeah, chair. Can you just make sure that wire's in? And Adrian... Um, it's a bit windy, but I think I can do it. You'll be all right. You'll be all Hold right. it up. Don't let it go floppy. Mike, tell us a little bit about Gizwa, because I know that Gizwa was one of the things that made you go, wasn't it? Well, I grew up in St Albans, and uh, I don't know what was happening to the city centre. Uh, I remember there was a Woolworths, it closed down. There was a Marks and Spencers and it closed down. And then there was a, all the independent record stores closed down at the end of the 80s, were replaced by Our Price, which started off really cheap, that's clever, but then just became just as expensive as anywhere else in the country. That was a big disappointment. I didn't like what was happening to the city centre. And they built a shopping precinct called the Maltings, and that was the last straw. Once that was built... I bought my plane ticket. Adrian, um, city centres are still suffering. Uh, Colchester High Street, for example, many high streets, there's a proliferation of burger bars, uh, and even better, bigger burger bars, betting shops, fast food outlets, and a lot of the traditional shops have been under threat. (coughs) In some cities, Liverpool, Birmingham, Leeds, uh, the city centres are growing because of uh, high-paid office jobs, Uh, but generally... um, there uh, are, are in decline, unfortunately. I think I'd rather be with you in the um, rainforest than in Colchester uh, High Street on a, on a wet, windy day. Well, it's, it's all about regeneration, isn't it, Mike? This, there's a coffee culture, and, and a lot of people refer to it as woke. But I'm not really oh. sure what woke means. Mike, what, what does woke mean? What do you think woke means? Well, you must know the etymology. Well, yeah, I, I, I'd have to recall it from my uh, great uh, knowledge of etymology, but I, I would say it's the uh, past of wake. You could be right. You could be right. You are so wrong, Mike. Ian, what does it mean? It's being conscious of racial discrimination and other forms of oppression and injustice. And in mainstream use, um, it can generally describe someone or something as being, you know, with it. So you basically woke to be with it. Well, I have to say, Ian, I know you're very clever, but you're not right because I'm here looking at it on Google and it just means you're from Wokingham. Well, to be quite honest, in 1990, I became very frustrated with the buses and the trains. The trains had been privatised and they just seemed to be, they seemed to be just not, not very good, not very reliable. And, uh, and I, just, I just thought they were spending lots of money on that and, and I don't know why. The buses also, uh, it seemed to be all about cutting bus routes, making it more and more difficult for people. 
to, to travel around. So I just thought that I would uh, I'd go abroad to a country that uh, where half of its roads are actually dirt roads. What are we talking about? Roads? They're useless. Our roads are full of holes. Nothing can drive on them. I set my cruise control so I don't behave like Princess Anne and her daughter. And every time I hit a pothole, it kicks off. And well, well, I think Adrian, you would you wouldn't recognise the roads actually because I take the other point of view. I take the view that the country's filling up with gorgeous, lovely roads which I can drive my car on. And you know, uh, uh, every year. There's uh, thousands of acres of, of countryside that I don't walk on that is uh, taken away and made for roads which I can then drive on. Yeah, but you can drive on them, but at what speed and how freely can you drive? Well, Bill? I can drive as fast as I like. No, because... you can't, because at six o'clock this morning on the A14, the traffic was moving at precisely 57 miles an hour. That is not freedom. Mm. Right. Freedom of travel. You could be right. You could be right. And maybe, maybe it's our trains that are better. I certainly know that uh, the trains in London in the underground are a lot better north south divide oyster cards fantastic contactless use of ticketing is the most marvelous thing since uh, building roads i agree but then try catching a train from hull to manchester that isn't going to take you three and a half hours well i wouldn't go to hull well no because no one's invested where's the investment are we getting political again I think we are. I better be careful. There's no problem with that. Channel and Tunnel and Eurostar is the last thing I'd say, Adrian. You missed that. And uh, the Channel Tunnel Eurostar is really good. Have you been on that, Mike? Absolutely. Uh, Enjoy it. You can get to Lille in uh, an hour and a half, Paris in two and a half, and um, fantastic. Yeah, and you can get to Paris on that wonderful train line faster than you can get to Dover. On a normal train. That's right. And for there's progress for you. Well, Adrian, what about what? Where else do you know? I know that uh, Adrian heard that we've got uh, a guest on the next show talking about uh, libraries. So, Adrian, I know you wanted to say something about that. Well, there was a bit of a scare there in 1990. I think they were going to close down St Albans Library and say that uh, you could go to Hatfield instead, which was about uh, 25 minutes on the bus if there was a bus. Uh, In the end, they actually just moved it. But I do remember at the end of the 80s, there was a whole thing about closing down libraries, selling their books, uh, to save a little bit of money. I think think for tax cuts and things like that. And I'd grown up going to the library every Saturday, taking my books back two or three weeks late, having my parents pay my fines, borrowing records and taping them, and borrowing books. It was my life, and, and it looked like it was coming to an end in 1990. So I took flight, I'm afraid. Yeah, we know that, but uh, it's a very interesting point you raise there, Adrian. It dovetails in very nicely with the Red Button Show that's coming up in just about uh, 19 minutes. 16 minutes, sorry, I can't read the clock here on Calm Radio. Anyway, uh, here's a favourite piece of music of mine from 1990. <laughs> October 1990, first members of the Women's Royal Naval Service served officially on an operational warship aboard a Type 22 frigate HMS Brilliant. November 1990, Margaret Thatcher failed to win outright victory in a leadership contest for the Conservative Party and announced her resignation as leader of the Conservative Party and therefore as Prime Minister too, having led the government for more than 11 years, which made her the longest serving Prime Minister of the 20th century. December 1990, 
An era ends in the Rhondda, South Wales, when the last coal mine closed after more than 100 years of heavy coal mining in the region. 300 miners lost their jobs. And finally, cricketer Joe Root was born. And you're listening to Colne Radio and Box 39. And this is our live house band once more and for the last time tonight. This is Ausgang Exit with Tony Adams will be arriving by taxi. Thanks, Henry. Thanks, Brenda. Thanks to the other people whose names we never really know. Uh, but we'll be uh, hopefully hearing them next week. Now, welcome to listeners who've texted and emailed in. We've got our last text uh, I think we've got time for tonight. This is from Paul Flame. Paul Flame, uh, we all know him uh, here in the studio. He's the senior presenter on Stanway FM Radio. And uh, he contacts us to say he went on holiday with Ausgang Exit back in the 1990s. Uh, and he remembers being in Marbella with them. And the foam parties they used to have, he said, were just wonderful. And in those days, they were just known as, they were actually known as Just Ausgang. Well, interesting stuff. Thank Our you, Paul. times move on. Yeah. Now, Mike, hold that steady. Let's have a, another yeah, talk to um, Adrian, if we can get him there on yeah. the satellite. I'll just balance um, on one leg here right, while then. I adjust it. Okay, Adrian, I think hopefully he's going to talk to us about um, uh, technology. Okay, here's a reason. Computers. Yeah, there was all this build-up in the 80s. And then I, I had an Atari, and I had a couple of games in 1990, and I, I, I played them. So, okay, one was about dropping these rocks on, onto these little sort of dwarves. And uh, that was it. I, I was bitterly disappointed. They'd got such a big build-up, these computer things. Uh, and it, when it came down to it, uh, it was very, very limited. Well, as far as I'm concerned, it's all about search engines, streaming, and uh, the interweb. And frankly, I don't understand it. I don't know how it works. I get what I have to do, you know, press the uh, enter button. But it's, it's not good. Well, my, I know, I have, I have to know this. I've seen your certificate. You were the Super Mario Land Nintendo 64 champion of Wivenhoe for two years running, weren't you? <laughs> weren't you, Mike? Oh, I've yeah, seen the certificates. Me. Yeah, yeah. Don't right. sit there pretending you, well, you no, weren't. I, I, I'm quite humble about it. I like don't, to hide come, don't come over all woke with me. It's, it's embarrassing to be so so good, you know. <laughs> we just discovered, we've just discovered that uh, Mike uh, uh, loves gadgets. Ian doesn't like gadgets. No. Nope. Um, Adrian, I can't believe it went because the computer because the computers. You, I mean, the computers they are, uh, you'll get there anywhere in the world. I can't think you can run away for those. You might have been able to in 1990. Uh, I can't believe that's possible now. But anyway, um, Adrian, what we're going to do is I know that you wanted to talk about something that's quite close to all of our hearts, and uh, that's teaching. Well, you know, I decided to be a teacher and I'd been teaching for five or six years and I think I was old school in as much as that I had watched teachers in the 1970s and admired them and wanted to emulate them and wanted to be a teacher. And then all these things were changing that was trying to expunge all that 1970s influence and make it much more administrative, much more closely controlled and much more bean countery and kind of count the hours. And basically, it was anathema to me, and um, I felt driven away. Plus, in the course of discrediting the teachers, the government said all these things about the, the character and, and the, 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 the values and the ethics of teachers, and that was reflected then in the children talking back, echoing what their conservative parents were saying back at home. Oh, don't listen to your teachers, they're no good anyway. 
Well, uh, we've, we've mentioned computers, and um, since uh, you uh, left here teaching, Adrian, it's, um, it's kind of escalated. Um, some good, some bad. I mean, um, I did some supply teaching at uh, Philip Morant, as the school was called then, and um, there were some discipline problems, um, but never in computing uh, science, and uh, the computers were all uh, in rows um, along the library uh, area, in, in the middle of the library, and books have been pushed to the side. And uh, I always love books. I mean, I'm sure there's some, uh, uh, some advantages about uh, computers uh, for knowledge, quick, uh, quick reference, etc. But um, it seemed the books became second, unfortunately. And, um, but I had no problem with dis- discipline because they had people in from outside who were... Uh, I'm not quite sure what they did outside, but they, they, they looked like they're very authoritative and they, they might have been on guard at uh, the Hippodrome on a Friday night. All I've really got to say on the subject, particularly as you mentioned computing lessons, is of course everybody was well behaved. It used to take two hours to put in a little bit of code to make a red light move from one side of the screen to the other mic. Now you've got to concentrate on that. Yeah, well I was the uh, the national winner of that first computer game, which was like uh, two kind of mock um, tennis rackets and went w- w- across from one to the other. It was Very called exciting. Pong. 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 Yeah. Moved on since Pong. I yeah. Say. Yeah. And the other thing about um, education is uh, the reforms. I think, I mean, I haven't talked for some years, but uh, the teacher tells me that um, the uh, cancelling of exams and uh, emphasis on continuous assessment has disadvantaged the lesser able uh, students. I think that might look be, need to be looked into. It's all back to exams now, Mike. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's all yeah. back to exams. Terminal exams at that. Study for two years, one exam. Prove it or fail. Yeah. Now, the trouble with those teachers, though, I think it's, it's carried on for the last 30 years since Adrian left. You know, they get into work late, they leave early, um, they have ridiculously long holidays. Yeah. You know, I think something should be done about that. Well, I do as well, because I see you during the summer holiday and you just look far too relaxed, Mr Lawrence. The fact that when you teach and you look stressed out and you're desperate for your half-term holidays, the rest of the world just doesn't understand. No, I think you're very flattering. The kids are always the same. In that 30 years since Adrian went, the kids haven't changed at all. Possibly parenting has changed. Possibly the rules in which uh, we uh, examine children and seek to educate them have changed. But kids are just kids. Do we forget the responsibilities over the rights, Mr Lawrence? I couldn't possibly say. Mike, what do you think? I think uh, that um, there's um, probably greater expression. Um, Freedom to express. It's greeting. Young, young ones today. When I was 16, I mean, the, the people I see at 16 are fantastically mature, and I think they should have the vote. When you say that there's greater expression, do you mean that graffiti has improved? Absolutely. And uh, it's bigger. Bolder. Uh, and bolder. More colourful. So, yeah. But uh, one thing I did enjoy at um, Philip Morant is that um, uh, one of the students said, are you, are you Sean Connery? And I said, yes. And uh, from that moment on, I became Sean Connery all around the school. They stopped playing football in the morning, came across and said, can I have your autograph, Sean? And I said, I only give out one autograph a day. And uh, I said, if you don't behave yourself, I shall leave. And this is costing me £3,000 a day to teach you people. <laughs> but it was a good laugh. They enjoyed that. And it was a way of communicating with, uh, with the young ones. The listeners may feel I've been somewhat flippant uh, during this section. And I must say that my, my heart and soul are with the teachers. I, I have spent or have spent four days on various residential trips with a certain secretary school yeah. locally. And I must admit, the kids have always been wonderful, eager to learn, eager to be pointed in the right direction. And in some respects, eager to please, be polite and conform, which is not what we always hear about them. Yeah. And uh, that, that indeed, I think... Um they should be really uh, congratulated. They get, get a lot of criticism, young people, but um, I think we should nurture what they've got to offer, especially well, with uh, everything happening in the world today. Here, here to that. Yeah. We have been, uh, on this show, we've been looking back at Adrian's quandary. He, in 1990, he said, that's it, time to go. Things are just not how I want them to be. And he's never come back. But our communities have changed, and I think we all agreed our communities have changed for the better. Now, here in Colchester, you could adjust things for inflation. The price of houses now cost about 15% more than when Adrian left in 1990. But salaries, they've risen by about 15% in real terms as well. 
Uh, there's some things, and in fact, now cheaper. Again, if you adjust for inflation, uh, food is about 28% cheaper than it was all that time ago. Might not be tastier, but it's cheaper. And petrol's about 2% cheaper than it was 30 years ago. And what else has changed? In, over the last three decades, Boris Johnson has gone from being uh, the Brussels-based Daily Telegraph correspondent for the European Commission to, uh, well, what is he now? I suppose we could call him Prime Minister. Uh, Meghan Markle, she's gone from an eight-year-old girl living in a, in a small house in Los Angeles uh, to being a real princess living in a very large house in Canada. And in 1990, it cost just fiver, five British pounds to watch Colchester United play football. And they were in the fourth division, way back, well, the, the fourth tier of English football. And 30 years on, they're still in the fourth division. Um, but we still watch them with anticipation and confidence and hope for the future because that's what we've got, isn't it? Hope that the future will be better than the past because some things don't change. Don't go out in the night Even though you know the town Someone always wants to fight You end up lying on the ground I dream of life under the sun In my ears hear the ocean roaring Like all good wayfaring sons Traveled home and the rain it's pouring Soaks me to my skin I duck into this public house Gets shattered by the din In the eyes of my mother, as of 1990, I was indeed a wayfaring son The likes of which Colin Hay Of Men at Work fame is singing about here and it was never my intention to leave the UK for good. The plan to live abroad was for two years only, but it didn't work out like that. One thing led to another and I never returned, except for holidays. And don't you go believing what's been said in this edition of Box 39. It wasn't push factors that resulted in me moving away. We pretended it was in order to contrive the content for this edition of the show. No, it was all about pull factors. And that's a story for another day. It's round the world I've been No two places are the same You have been listening to Box 39 here on Calm Radio. That was our show. It's all done and dusted. We've loved it. Now coming up next, Red Button with Katie Vargas from the Save Our Libraries Essex campaign plus great music. So stay tuned. Travel home with some more good stories Build them up So, from up here in Studio One on the fourth floor of Cone Radio Towers, high above the full and fertile landscape of North East Essex, it's time to say goodbye once more. Be seeing you. Be seeing you. Be seeing you. Some people will get me. It's round the world I've been. No two places are the same. I dream of a lion in the sun. In my ears, hear the ocean roaring. Like all good wayfaring sons. I traveled home with some more good stories. Build them up. Box 39 has been a guppy production for Cone Radio.